This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans. And Chris, we get to start this with a little bit of breaking news. I've been talking about the Poke Bar on Burnside for months now. Well, which I visited too and yeah. I've enjoyed. And it's and it's just awesome. Now available at the McAdam location, that's, which is pretty awesome. That's the one that's closer to my home. So yeah, that's so the one we I both benefit shop. from this. Yeah, the Poke Bar is just great. Uh, yeah. Talk about... A nice lunch. Just go fill up that little bowl yeah, different, with different, different kinds of rices. And I walk out of there for seven, six, seven bucks yeah. with a hearty lunch of wonderful poke. We've made a habit when we drive out of town to always stop by Zupans and hit their fresh, because they always have to prepare food. And we just stock up on that. And that's our road trip food. It's I like, bring awesome. that out to the coast. Yeah. I just had the meatloaf. Oh, and, yeah. and that was, I, I got two big balls of meatloaf. They balls aren't meat. like loaves. Right. They're balls. Yeah. And <laughs> and I had, uh, I got two meals and a sandwich out of that. It was a lot more oh, yeah. than I thought. And absolutely fantastic. I love meatloaf and the the sauce or coating that they have on it was delicious. So that too. So I'm with you on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm also glad to hear that they're back with uh, seasonal farm to market beer. Nice. Uh, and right now they have one from the Common Brewery. Um, very limited, uh, only 45 cases are brewed of their, oh, wow. fr- you know, so they change them up. Yeah. Right now you can get one from the Commons at uh, at all Zupan's locations too. Very nice. And also keep an eye on Zupan's.com. We've been talking about these Z-Seller dinners. Right. You can see the full schedule of everything going on at all the different Zupan's locations at their website. And book them. Yeah, and book, book them. Book them, Dano. Right there at Zupan's.com. Right. Time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast, right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus, that guy over there. I'm pointing this time. And I'm going to point over to Court Johnson yep. over there, who's been here for uh, hours now, starting uh, his morning shift at Kink, uh, Kink Radio, um, this morning at, what, the beautiful hour of five in the morning? Yeah, I was here at four. Four, that's yeah. all. So... You're still it, with it, it. It's what I do, and I'm, I'm somewhat still with it. This is a special edition of Right at the Fork, brought to you by Ristretto Roasters. Yes, and uh, we decided that when... We're learning as we go with the podcast here, but as it's pretty easy to see that a lot of our listens are back into our archives. Right. Like a good percentage of them. Yeah. And most of those are over, you know, going back... Two or three months. Two or three months. Yeah. Uh, but people obviously are binge listening, and we'd love you to do that too. But we have a whole two seasons that are two years ago mm-hmm. uh, where you weren't the co-host. No, I was just the guy pushing buttons. Right, but you did a great job pushing the Thank buttons. You. Thank and, you. And I honestly have enjoyed having you be uh, someone we can bounce some conversation off of since. No. Uh, but in those days, I was going... And Pretty much alone. And Solo, I yeah. got tired of hearing my voice sure. for the whole. But at any rate, we've we've updated some of the older episodes, chosen some of the ones that we thought people might want to hear, um, and, and we made them a little easier to find. You don't have to go into the archives for these ones that we've selected. We're like you know, like anything today, we're bringing it up to the top. Yeah. So um, we uh, last month we had Maya Lovelace, and a lot of people enjoyed listening to that. Mm-hmm. And this month we're going to have Chad Drazen of yeah. Fifty Licks who was one of our favorite guests uh, a couple of years ago when we, I think in the first year. That, that's right. 
And uh, Chad is a really bright guy, um, came from Florida, and didn't have any idea that he'd ever be selling ice cream. You know, he has an engineering mind. Right. And that has helped him to be successful with Mm -hmm. 50 Licks. Uh, We thought it would be nice to bring this to the forefront now, not only because it was a great episode, but because uh, he's opening a second location soon in the next month or so, supposedly. That's what what, what has been reported. Yeah. Um, on Burnside, right across from the Laurelhurst uh, Theater. Mm. So we wanted to have him again. And the good folks at Ristretto, we had Nancy Rommelman and, and Din Johnson on the podcast, which was one day we're going to be doing that as a class. Right, sure. Yeah. Um, but not too long ago, they kind of became endeared to the podcast and said, how can we be involved? And we thought it would be a really nice idea to be able to say to our listeners, grab a cup of Ristretto coffee, Yeah. sit down. And enjoy. They've got five locations now. One is just mere feet from where we brought, uh, not broadcast, but put you know put this show together. And they're all really cool. Oh, I went into the one at the Coin space. Center for the first time. Yeah, um, it's really nice. They got some great tumblers that I not only coffee cups, but they got some beer tumblers. Oh, nice with the Ristretto logos on them. So we're really happy that they have decided to uh, help bring these to the forefront. Mm-hmm. These wonderful episodes of Right at the Fork. Chad Drazen, 50 Licks, now. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Leanne Bach of Living Room Realty. Leanne Bach's years of experience can help you buy or sell in any cycle, including Portland's hot market right now. Work with someone who's in step with the Portland food world, just as you are, and gives back to her community. Just head to livingroomre.com and search for Leanne Bach, or find a link to Leanne's contact info and listings on rightatthefork.com. Zoopans, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. Portland Food Adventures. Did you know you can eat and drink your way through Europe with chefs like Italo's Jose Chesa and Lardo's Rick Giancarelli? Join Right at the Fork host Chris Angeles and his great chef friends for these trips of a lifetime to Barcelona and Tuscany in September and October. Get to PortlandFoodAdventures.com, click on the blog tab to see pricing and itineraries, or call Chris for more info while there's still room. Thanks for coming. Oh, yeah, man. Drove your new golf in? Pardon me? You drove your new golf I did, in? yes, yes. <laughs> How's that working for it's you? It's been a real pleasure. It's been really fun. It kind of handles like I had an old BMW 3 Series. It's kind of a similar experience. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. I've had a, good, I've had a long relationship with Volkswagens because my clients and, and one in particular had been working with them for 18 years. So I had nine Volkswagens in a row at one point. They are really fun to drive. I was impressed. It's great. Yeah. Well, are we filling in for car talk now after the sad news? No, I don't think we can fill those <laughs> shoes, but we can do that if you want. I can have a car conversation all day. All you want day to talk long. about autocross? I want to get into that. I've never done it before. Where, can you do it around here? Yeah, I think they have like a club at PIR. Just bring whatever car you got, an old minivan or a, you know, a 90s Miata. Are you gonna do your, my friend who owns, Gary, who owns a VW dealer in New Haven, mm-hmm. he goes up to Lime Rock. With, he'll, he'll take the R32, the uh-huh. R. Oh, right. I don't think they're calling 
long at the 32 anymore. Now they're back to the GTI, I think. No, they got the oh, R. They got the the R, R is still? like the souped up Oh, that's way over the price range. He'll go up there and uh, run around a little bit. Uh-huh. So, fun thing. You know, you and I have, I just read a little bit, uh, a couple of things in common. There's mm-hmm. the Volkswagen thing and commercial real estate. Oh, yeah. I used to do that just before the market crash in Florida. Uh, well, I did it, uh, I won't even tell you what year, but mm-hmm. almost right out of college uh, for a couple of years. And there were, this is way back, you know, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, um, the savings and loan scandal? Before that, but there were people in my office in those days making four and $500,000 a year leasing office space, and I was right out of college. Uh-huh. And uh, really, it didn't come naturally to me. And breaking into that industry at 22... Everybody would say, so why would I use you versus this guy, Jerry, who's been in the business for 20 years? And I really didn't have a great, honest answer to Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Did you feel that? Well, you know, I kind of had an unfair advantage because my dad had been in the industry forever. Um, And I I moved to Portland in 02 uh, to get into the real estate industry out here. Um, I love brewing. Um, and I wait just, a minute, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. You, you moved here to be in the real estate industry. I'm sorry, and the, you love brewing. I moved, I'm sorry, I, I said that backwards. I moved here to be in the the, the beer industry. Okay. Yeah. Um, Very and, close to the real estate. And industry. And I just couldn't get any traction. Uh, so my dad had a real estate project he was working on, invited me back to Florida. And three, four years later, the market fell apart, and my dad passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, you know, it's been a while, but I'm, you know, it's I miss him every day, but. Um, but it was a really good opportunity for me to shift gears, get back into doing something with my hands, uh, and that's why I moved back here, the Portland, the city that I love. To to brew beer? No, actually, I knew that beer wasn't my industry. Um, I, you know, I always say like, do what you love on your own time. When you fall in love, you do really stupid things, and mm-hmm. you know you're smiling in recognition. Um, um, I I enjoy doing something that's challenging, rewarding, fulfilling. But as far as love, I keep that to my private time. You know, um, I really yeah. But you're still doing stupid things. I am doing really yeah. stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the I dumbest things myself. you've done recently? You know, I have to say, yeah. That, uh, I think we, we had our first conversation a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I stopped into 50 Licks yeah. down there, and, and it was nice talking to you. It wasn't long, but I really, I walked away just thinking, this is the nicest guy. It would be great to know him better, and so to do that, we became friends on Facebook, and I told You've Heather, I've really, I've really enjoyed your uh, face. Not a lot, but I've really enjoyed your Facebook feeds. They're actually worth reading and, oh, and, and, and uh, amuse me, and uh, there's so much on there that isn't amusing, so it's it stands out. Mm-hmm. So, but you've you've done some dumb things, and dumb things have happened to you that you didn't that shouldn't have been happening. Yeah, so. I mean, we had some. We had. A and lot I didn't of... mean it in a disparaging way. I'm oh just no, saying, no, you're you're the first one to call out your your own life. Yeah, and uh, and well, it's inter- it's refreshing to see. Well, you've actually had some really constructive criticism, and it was stuff that I knew. You have uh, even in the short time. Uh, it's stuff that I that I knew, and I I at the time that you spoke to me, I was making steps to to change some things. Um, you know, when we talk about love again, um, I started out making ice cream with really high concept stuff, stuff that was intellectually stimulating to me, and it was a disconnect because when people eat ice cream, they don't want to think. 
They want to have something that's immediately delicious. It's, you know, the nostalgia aspect to ice cream is huge, and there's mm-hmm. just no getting away from that. Um, and I've learned recently the comfort aspect. The comfort There's, aspect. You just keep eating it and never yeah, stop. Yeah, and I've always made my ice creams delicious, but I think people had a hard time wrapping their head around some of the concepts. I wouldn't do a I wouldn't do a concept just to be novel or weird, but um, it, it always had to be absolutely delicious. And the and the pints of the test batches in my freezer that I would eat at midnight were the ones that made the cut. But I think that the names, the ingredients kind of turned some people off. And we don't want to make it too challenging for people. So, you know, we've gone back to the drawing board with a lot of flavors. We kept some of the classics around. But we're, the new flavors that we're introducing are more... Um, they're more comforting. They're more graspable. Um, and we haven't dropped the quality at all. And it's been really a fun challenge um, to uh, to make ice creams at the at the highest level and still be something that you've tasted before, but that just transcends you know every other version you've had. So you're talking about uh, making decisions at midnight whether something made the cut. <laughs> what uh, is it? Just you? Do you have uh, a, a group of people that you run things by? Because your palate may be what it is and all that, but. It also isn't everybody's palate. Totally everybody's palate true. is different. Yeah. Um, I, you know, in the beginning, it was just me. Um, in the last couple of years, I've developed an incredible kitchen team. Um, um, Lance Deveni is my, you know, production manager, main chef over there. He's a master baker and also a master brewer. So we share the science background in common in the way that we approach things. He has a very different palate than I do. And he has a lot more experience in the dessert industry all over, you know, in, in the Bay Area and here in Portland. And um, I value his opinion, and it's different than mine. And, you know, he he understands uh, what I'm going for and the flavors and especially the texture to such a degree that uh, there have been a lot of flavors that he and, and Holly, my other uh, uh, member of my kitchen staff, have come up with on their own. In fact, Holly uh, uh, developed a caramelized honey flavor that I think is one of the best we've made in forever. Uh, we just brought on for the fall uh, a baked apple crisp that mm. Lance spearheaded, and it's I can't stop eating it. <laughs> uh, well, that's the other thing. You look like you stop eating it. I, well, how do you, uh, you know, you're trying ice cream all the time. Yeah, I how am. How do you not blow up? Is it a metabolism? Or are you doing some exercise, well, or is you, it just luck? You can't see me with my shirt off, but well, <laughs> you can see me with my shirt on. But uh, you know, I just eat a few ta- a few tasting spoons at a time. I. I being in the ice cream shop is a little stressful for me, and my my fiance always wants to go. Oh, we just had dinner. Let's go into the ice cream shop. And it's like, do you want to go to your work after dinner and a cocktail? Right. You know. Um, but yeah, I'm always tasting, but I I rarely have a whole portion. Uh, when something new comes out, and I'm in the shop, and you know, you know, I'm, I'm explaining it to a staff member and, and going over it, then I find myself eating two or three scoops, but not often. Scoops, I did. So that's good to hear. It makes me feel better. So you, um, your inspirations, your mind is going a lot. Yeah, I can kind of tell it's not. It doesn't sit idle very, very much. That's true. So, uh, do you have? In the shower, do you all of a sudden have an idea and i got to get in and work on this? Or how do your new flavors come about? It's worked a few different ways. Um, jasmine tea with apricot, which is one of those high-concept flavors I was talking about. I was drinking a cup of jasmine tea, and I noticed that there were notes of apricot in there. And I thought that if I accentuated that and brought it out, um, it would really work, and it does. Um, um, let me think of a couple others. Um, well, toasted milk is a flavor. Um, I had a dream that I made toasted milk ice cream, and I woke up and I'm like, 
how the heck am I going to make this? I knew what it tasted like. But why like did you feel dream. like you needed to follow your dream? Look. That dream. You can follow a dream in life. But, uh, yeah. You know, you, some, some things are just ridiculous. Well, so, you know, it was worth a try. I mean, how, I spent a few hours working on it. Just and so you I can validate close. the dream? Yeah, and see if it worked. And it did. It works really well. It's a very comforting That's flavor. That's very cool. Yeah. Dream vanilla, you need to call it. Oh, it was toasted milk. I mean, t- dream dream milk or mm-hmm. something. It's not vanilla, sorry. But other flavors, you know, they come out of a necessity like, oh, everybody loves coffee. We got to work on a coffee and make it perfect. You know, um, um, fall seasonal flavors come like that. Hey, we got amazing peaches from Baird Orchards. What are we going to do with them? That's not going to mess them up. And then how long does that, you don't have long to figure that out, right? Because uh, those peaches aren't going to be in season exactly. for Exactly. That's, that's, that's been one of the problems with fruit is that sometimes we spend three dedicated days in the kitchen perfecting a recipe. And, you know, then, we, then the next week we make the ice cream. We've got to source ingredients. Then we've got to get it in the shop before the season's over. It's, it's been kind of a challenge. Um, and especially those classic flavors, we want to have a reason why people come to 50 Licks rather than go anywhere for strawberry. Um, you know, and, and, and when we get the right strawberries in, our strawberry ice cream is perfect. I can brag about it. So what do you brag about other than the strawberry ice cream? I, I, the, you know, there are quite a few ice cream places. And the obvious question, which I'm going to ask you in a little while, is you know, your ice cream uh, why why people should come to Fifty Licks and not go up to Division, uh, you know, to Salt and Straw? I've seen that place. I've heard of it. Yeah, just once in a while. Um, but I mean, it would be ridiculous to sit, ha- have a conversation with you here about ice cream and not talk about that. I'm sure you give you give a lot of kudos to those folks for what they're doing. But oh, what's, absolutely. Why? I guess we'll. Get, I want to get right. Why is there a huge line outside of Salt and Straw, and you're doing? Your ice cream is every bit as good. I've had it, and it's uh, it's a nice experience. Why is there not a line? Oh, thank that you. That same line. And I'm not trying to insult you by saying that. It's just fact. No, it's totally you know, a fact. So is- <laughs> um, um, I think we're not in the best location. We're the shop. I think that, you know, I came into this industry. I knew nothing about it. I, I know how to cook. Um, I know nothing about Where'd production. Where'd you learn how to cook? I'm self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, mostly my interest in science, and I think... Food is is the combination of science and art, um, and, and mm-hmm. for me, that's been so fulfilling and rewarding. It's been really fun. But anyway, back to the back to the why there's no line question. I'm in a lousy location. Um, I grew very slowly and organically because I didn't know anything about the industry. I had a fixed amount of money, and I didn't want to blow it on a hail mary. Mm-hmm. I think I grew too slowly. And I think that the competition came out with a lot of money and a lot of marketing expertise and great ice cream. And they snatched up the best locations and they did everything right. And I stumbled in in those regards. Are you... uh so what did you learn by that? What are you What are you going to apply now going forward to well, to make sure that 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 doesn't happen well, or that doesn't continue to happen? Yeah, um, I need I, I need another location. I'm looking for that now. Um, um, I need to step up the marketing game for sure. Um, and then what would that entail? Uh, I don't know. 
Well, Heather, Heather's right here. And Heather and I have talked for a while about it. Um, um, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, we're going to be trying to do some uh, some winter offerings. We're going to be doing a twofer, sort of like what Grain and Gristle has. I love mm. eating there, and mm-hmm. I love that that deal. So we want to make 50 Licks more of a date night. In the summer, it's about getting people their ice cream as fast as possible. But in the wintertime, when, when it's slower, there's time for people to sit down, uh, have one of the cocktails that we have, or probably do some amuse-bouches and a flight, and it'll be a one-price thing, a really good deal for two people. Oh, nice. How yeah. much would that How much would that be? And talk a little bit about your your cocktails. Or- yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, we're working on it now. I think the $25 price point for a date is pretty nice for dessert. Mm-hmm. I think it works out for everybody with a drink for, you know, for both people mm-hmm. and some ice cream and a little mousse-bouche. Um, uh, the cocktails, I love. You know, since we, we, we were working for four and a half years out of two ice cream trucks, and we had no opportunity to show people what we could really do. And you know, having a physical location allows us to expand a little bit. We got uh, expand with the menu. I mean, um, you know, we've got tables in there that people can sit at and, and and have a nice time. So the cocktails were an idea where you know we've got so many craft cocktails in this town, and I thought about using a sorbet to complete the flavor profile of the cocktail, not just as a garnish, but as a as a main flavor ingredient. Um, so I worked with my friend Matt Mount from uh, Merit Badge. Uh, uh, they're a cocktail catering company. Matt used to be a distiller at House Spirits. House Spirits, and he's also in one of my favorite bands in the world. Uh, what band? Uh, he's in uh, he's in the Dickel Brothers, and I've been a fan of them way before I knew him. So that was kind of a nice treat. That's good. I didn't know that yeah. about Matt. Yeah, they're, they're kind of an old time. I guess I don't know him well band. enough because anybody who knew him pretty well would probably know that. Yeah, he, you know, he the band had been broken up for about ten years, and they just got back together. But um, so he's developed our cocktails. I, I can mix a drink at home. But when, you know, we're, we're, he's working on some fall cocktails now. We're going to be meeting tomorrow and going over those. But um, when he brought me the first round of cocktails, I was absolutely blown away. It was late. It was the day before we opened the shop. And I was like, these things better be good. And they really were. I, I just love them. So I guess the, the question is, when I asked you before about marketing, you said, well, I don't know. But that's a key part of it, because if you have these great cocktails, mm-hmm. you have to get into the into the conversation. you got to get Eater talking about you. And not only that, but people yeah. talking about you and, and word of mouth. So You know, we've, we've got some, we've had some good press. Um, there's going to be a thing in, uh, I believe, in um, Sunset Magazine coming out shortly. Um, but I think it's a matter of seeing our shop. I think I think that the lines are a self perpetuating thing and it's it's one of those things where once a little bit of critical mass happens once the second shop opens I think that there's going to be a little more not just awareness because I think that there's pretty decent awareness but incorporating people I feel like people have one spot in their head where do we go for pizza that's our pizza place where do we go for ice cream that's our ice cream place and I and I think you need a critical mass in order to occupy that that space in somebody's head yeah well you also a little bit of bad luck in your current location I mean yeah. St. Jack when you didn't know that St. Jack was not going to be there I had been known well when I signed the lease no right, you but for a few lease. months there was talk whether they would stay and open right. a second location or just move um, there were issues with their land Lord, their kitchen was a little bit small. Um, yeah. So that hurt. You wouldn't have signed that lease had you known that no. St. Jack, no. Jack was not going to be there. No, I would have chosen. So now the key is the second location. Are you close? Um, in the exploratory phase right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to step on it if I want to be open for next summer. The other bad luck I had was 
the build out took so long. It wasn't the contractor's fault. It was just a series of circumstances. But I opened the last week or two of the summer just in time for... Everybody to <laughs> stop thinking about ice exactly. cream on a daily basis. Exactly. Uh, but people, you know, I I partake in ice cream. It's, it's not necessarily the eating of it. It's mm. the act of going out and enjoying a cone somewhere and walking down the street while you're doing it. That's not, that's the challenge in the winter. It's right. not, ice cream is just as appropriate in the winter as it is in the summer. I think people eat more, a lot more pints in front of Netflix in the winter time. Right, right. People actually uh, eat one pint? <laughs> don't ask me. Don't ask me. My girlfriend's always mad that I don't bring pints home <laughs> from the kitchen. Yeah, well, you better you better make sure that that's not the reason she's your girlfriend, that she just wants pints. I think we've, we've been together for about five years, and uh, I just she's proposed two weeks of pri- ago. So. Uh, two weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, two, congratulations. Thank you. And did you uh, did you propose over an ice cream? It was not over an ice cream. We um, we rented a fire lookout. It was uh, a couple of days before her birthday. And um, uh, oh, is this the trip out east? You no, know, we love going to Eastern Oregon. This mm-hmm. was in, I guess it was a little bit out out east, but it wasn't the beautiful rolling um, wheat fields and desert that we really love in um, around the Condon area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that place we've just fallen in love with. So do you see yourself someday yes. with property out there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. Your, that's your goal. So did you see yourself when you were younger in Portland, Oregon as, as an ice cream? Could I would have with, never in a million years guessed. I would have never guessed. Would your parents have guessed? No, no. So I think, what, did, what did you have in you as a kid that might have, if you look back, is there something there you said, eh, that might have been, so you had a love for science. I had a love for science. I, I've always been and kind of And you did really well in science in school? I did. That was the only class that I did well. Where'd you go to school? Where'd you, in uh, Florida? Uh, yeah, I went to, um, you know, just Fort Lauderdale suburbs, you know, elementary, high school. Um, and then I went to the University of Florida for a few years, failed out a couple times, and finally gave up the whole college thing. Um, yeah, science has always been my best subject for sure. And then also creativity. I've been a great I've been really enjoyed creative writing, um, art classes I, I loved, but pretty much everything else in college I was not for me. You know, college for a lot of people isn't necessarily, it's a structured thing and it's, you know, a lot of successful people didn't, don't have degrees. That's true. I think my creativity and inability to think in a linear fashion and stay organized has really, uh, yeah, that was the nail in the coffin. For Is that. that a challenge for you now in business, staying hugely, organized? Hugely, hugely. I, I have the, the worst case of ADHD I've ever seen. And uh, it allows me to think creatively and come up with some new stuff. And it makes me really think on my feet and have five trains of thought going at the same time. But having five trains of thought at the same time isn't so great when you need your taxes done and you got, you know, payroll and you got to compile everybody's hours or keeping track of all the catering that we do in the summertime, which I love doing. But but, you know, the administrative part of it's been difficult for me. I always marvel at chefs and people like you who are juggling so many things and responsible for so many things. You don't get a chance to really breathe and think. Think. And you probably don't want it because if you had the chance to breathe and think, you'd be going in a bunch of different directions anyway. Yeah, I think if I take, I, like, I, I have been lately, especially taking some time to do fun stuff uh, with my fiance. And but that's the nice thing about having love in your life. You get, you, you're kind of, you have to do that. If you didn't have her, you know. Yeah. But when, once I get stuck in having fun, I, I tend to forget about work, and then I jump into work like, oh, crap, I, I have 25 emails that I have to respond to in an hour, you know. 
Are you and so emails are a challenge for you? Yeah, the, all that office stuff is the worst, and I spend most of my time in the office because it takes me too long to get everything done. So, what is, is the plan then to grow to the point where you don't have to do the office stuff or as much of it? I would love to be able to do that. So, what, open the second place, yeah. right? I'm sure you have that in mind. Absolutely, grow to the point where you can hire someone to do that stuff, Sounds and you great. can do. Sounds great. <laughs> Let's do it. So how do we help you make that happen? That's what, that's you, you tell me, what do you think? What do I think? Yeah. Uh, well, I think you're, you're on the right track with another location. I think right now you are where you are. I think the other thing is wholesale. We stepped a tiptoe into wholesale a few years ago, and it was break even. It took up 75% of our time and made 25% of our money. Um, and I think that we'd have to be 10 times as big with wholesale to make it work. Mm-hmm. We'd have to be regional. And I've been doing some talks with people, and I think with some outside help, um, mostly administratively, some people that are experts in that industry, um, I think we can do it. Um, I think at first I'm going to focus on non-dairy stuff for wholesale and to grocery stores mm-hmm. because that seems to be a really big growing market, um, you know, both inside of Portland and outside of Portland. And we, you definitely have to get outside of Portland in order in order to make it work in the wholesale. Yeah, well, that's and how how do you, so you have to hook up with people who have not only re, the resources to help you do that. You know, I think it's a matter of not looking at it in a small way. I think you got to go right to target and say, I want to be in your shelves. Here's what I got. Here's the planned distribution channels. And because if you start off small and hope it'll grow. That's big target right off the bat. You know, I I just kind of pulled them out of the air, but they were also suggested to me by an expert in the industry that they're actually easier to work with than Whole Foods. Um, um, You know, uh, just the buying process at Whole Foods has been rather difficult. What are your handles on, on Twitter and, and Instagram and uh, At 50 Licks on everything. So I'm going to suggest everybody go into 50 Licks, try the ice cream, and then post on Twitter with at at food co- podcast PDX and at fifty licks suggestions that they have for you. That sounds great. But don't ask me. I don't. Yeah. You know what do I know? But we got <laughs> we got listeners out there who might have some suggestions, and they should try your ice cream. Too. I'm happy to hear them. So and well, that's good. You're you know, we had a we had a, a TV show run on the Cooking Channel. Uh, they did like a 20 minute segment on us and we every time it airs we get 15, 20 emails from people in cities across the country that want to open up franchises and it's really flattering and I would love to be able to be in that position but you know that's going to be a little bit of time that's well that could be an obviously that's a great area of growth um i think you ask me i just think you need someone else to help free you up and do some different things sounds great i love it. i know i understand that but Mm -hmm. maybe that's a maybe well it's not maybe that's an investor that can help you go there yeah could potentially So you just need an ice cream loving investor or a chad loving investor come in and uh and say all right we're going to help you take this to the next level because your Mm -hmm. ice cream is fantastic oh thank you so what would you doing what would you be doing do you think if you weren't in the ice cream i have no idea i have no idea (laughs) and do you do you foresee how old are you do you mind my Uh, no i'm 35 35 do you foresee at 50 years old this is what you're going to be doing or do you think you think you might sell it or did i mention earlier that i have adhd yeah well (laughs) i have so many ideas of different things kind of brewing in my head and uh yeah i could see i could see things taking a different turn in the future you know 
But so, what ideas are in your head that are, and we won't hold you to them, but you've got. <laughs> well, a, I don't want to spill because, the beans you know, in some, case I. No pun intended. The, the the coffee beans and the ice cream. But, oh right. Um, okay, well that's fine. It's not fair to ask you that, but I mean, all all these ideas are manifested in your flavors, in your shop right now. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. Some of your ideas. Some of your ADHD. Right. And you've also got this whole other universe. I mean, that's the that's the solar system, and then there's the universe out there, and you have visions on that too. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I've just been. I love living in Portland, and right now, and especially since I love food, there are so many food ideas here in town and expanding elsewhere. I, you know, I. I just see a lot of opportunities in the market that aren't being explored, both here and elsewhere. Um, not restaurant ideas, because I'm just so worried. I see so many restaurants opening, and I'm terrified that you know, for myself and everybody else, that that we might be in a bubble. Um, well, it's possible, yeah. depending on what happens with the economy. But I, I've noticed the openings have slowed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think less, there are fewer openings than last year and the year before, and now it's events. Yeah. Now everybody's got, we just had Jason French in talking about Elder Hall, the right. event space, and so that seems to be the offshoot and a little less risky because mm-hmm. there's no physical investment in that. Right. But that, you know, that, that there's only so much room for that. Yeah. Too. Well, we love doing events with the ice cream truck. Um, that's really one of my most favorite thing, and, it, and we've been, this summer has been incredibly busy. I'm just really glad that's caught on more so than it has in previous years. So where are some of the fun places you've gone with the ice cream? What's the most fun place you've been with the ice cream truck? Well, for me, Solar World. Their factory out in Hillsborough was fascinating. I took an extensive tour after we catered a huge... Um, they had solar panel installers from all across the country. They manufacture solar panels. They're the largest one in the country. They're doing incredible research and development. They grow. And they're here in Oregon. They're here in Oregon. And yet we don't hear about... No one's talking about that. We hear about Nike. Yeah. But no, this is the, this is the future, it's, and the, the largest company is in Oregon. A company, a company like and, them can save the world. And what they're doing, the engineering, the scale... It just blew my mind. I, I had so much fun on that tour. Um, we did the Ace Hotel Company picnic, which was much smaller, but a ton of fun. Those are great folks over there. Really, like, you know, they had Podna's Pit for the food, and they had us for the ice cream, and uh, it was just a really great time. It's hard to piss people off when they're having ice cream. Everybody's That's a happy. nice, everybody's happy. When we roll up with that truck, it's just the best feeling because we see everybody smile and uh, it's just really fun, especially like driving into a park. Like just, do, you, do you have little bells on the truck when you drive in? Because, you know, that's my childhood memory is that the bells, and even when my kids were young, they, we had a truck that would come down every night at six o'clock. Yeah, we don't, do, we don't drive through neighborhoods. It's pretty much just events. But I'm just saying for the, the, the feeling uh-huh. of the truck is coming. I usually have some James Brown pumping on the sound system. I got some speakers oh, that's a different, facing that's outside. That's a different vibe than, yeah. the, than the little bells coming down the street. Right. Mommy, mommy, mommy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, and you've probably had some interesting customers in who don't necessarily understand anything beyond strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. Well, especially, so what are some other strange comments you get well, from people? I mean, nobody knows what brown butter is. We have our chocolate with brown butter ice cream. Which is really good. Nobody knows what brown butter is. Um... um you know, people have been great. People have been really great. Nobody knows what Pandan is, but I didn't expect them to. And it's I really enjoy all of the customers, the grumpy ones, the nice ones, the ones who are curious. You the enjoy the grumpy vanilla. customers? Is, know, that, it, is that like a uh, just an entertainment value? It's or? entertaining to me because I don't take it personally. 
and it's fun to try to win him over. And sometimes you can't, and it's just fun to see how different people are. I mean, people are amazing. But how you handle them is important because that word of mouth, you got to stem that. Yeah, you, you got to you got to do two things: one, either stem any negatives, uh-huh. or uh, or induce positives yeah. from a negative. Yeah, I, I think maybe I'm a little bit too close to the business, and I kind of engage with the grumpy people a little bit too much. I should probably detach a little bit but um, I just love talking to people and sometimes that means a little bit of friction and when you hire people are you what are you looking for when you hire people to work in the shop I'm looking for people I've actually done this once before I knocked a glass off the desk and I watched it break on the floor and I pretended like I was surprised and I went to see if they went to come help me pick it up or if they just sat there what watching um, people having independent did you read thought. about that or was that your own thought? no that was my own thing that's interesting that was my own thing um, um, people who have independent thought can make decisions on their own are huge because in the winter time it's just a one person operation in the shop and they're going to be by themselves and I need to know that they can be responsible have a level of caring um, but also personality is huge it's an ice cream shop it's supposed to be fun in there if you're dreary if you're you know if you've got a flat personality it's not going to give the customers what they deserve and they come to an ice cream shop for fun it's not the DMV where they have to be there you know it's not they're not buying insurance they're buying ice cream and they're there because they want to be there more because for the experience than just for the flavor of the ice cream do you have any things that you thought of that and maybe you don't want to give them away, but mm-hmm. they could make the experience more fun that you just haven't been able to implement. Well, I think that the two for idea for the winter would be really great. Um, we had an idea uh, last year, and it's been really difficult to implement, um, of having once a month we have lab hours where we can do experiences you know, experimental stuff. It would be a plated dessert. It would be a, 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 a you know, a, a, a fixed price. I can't pronounce that French word, so I'm just going <laughs> to... Prefix? <laughs> Prefix. Well, it's so easy, but I never remember how it's pronounced. Um, um, we, can, we can do a, an experience like that, but just the nuts and bolts of putting it together are so difficult on top of all the R&D that we have. To, you know, we don't want anything to just come out of the kitchen and be, oh, that was interesting, but not delicious. Yeah, we don't want to become focus groups. Right, That's... right, right, right. But we can do some weird stuff in a thing like that where people know what they're getting into. They're spending 30 or $40 on an ice cream, you know, multi-course experience. But, um, but uh, it's just been very difficult. We've had a number of chefs who've wanted to work with us on that. Um, But I, you know, I've been too preoccupied with other things to pull the trigger on it. So you have some? Are you friendly with some chefs here? Oh, yeah. Who are some of your? Who do you like? Well, who do you respect the most as a chef in terms of uh, where where you would go to eat to have a great experience? Oh, geez, Um, I I had an incredible experience at Racion, and and he and I really see eye to eye as far as how ice cream should be made. Mm -hmm. Um, I would imagine. Yeah, Jen Lewis and I are are really good friends. Um, What a sweet person. My fiance was in a car accident. Accident and it was semi-serious and uh, she brought us food because you know she brought us food to our home and and um, and she and I are pretty close um, um, Jason French who just you know left here uh, uh, suggested that he would want to help collaborate with me um, um, and that would be a fun collaboration. It really would, yeah. Because we have very different approaches in cooking, and I think it would be Completely. Really you're yeah. going to talk about <laughs> Jason French and Anthony Cafiero. Uh-huh. You know, you're just right. at Racion, you're seeing eye to eye. That's not that's not the Jason French totally. approach. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I've never had a, I've had just incredible experiences at his restaurant. I mean, I cook at home more like, more like he does, probably. Um, but uh, What do you cook at home? Uh, last night I just made a, uh, a, a pot roast 
over some. Uh, oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Anthony. No. Oh no no. I <laughs> know <laughs> Jason. I don't know. I do a little bit of e- of each. I just got a Sears all from my cooking hero uh, uh, Dave Arnold. Um, I got an immersion circulator from uh, from a Kickstarter, and I love it. Uh, whenever I have the patience or can think three days ahead of what I want to cook, I use it. But I never have time for that. So, uh, do you have time for anything? Are you? Do you, I mean, do you have time to stop time. and enjoy, enjoy life? I, always, I like to ask that question yeah. because I personally think that's important. Well, you mentioned Eastern Oregon. Yeah. You know, we, I, I took a half-day vacation there. I, had a, I worked the first no, half right. of it Sunday. Was a half-day. A half-day trip. I, I, we worked the first half of Sunday at an event at OMSI, and I left my staff to clean up the truck. I, you know, I was in good hands, and I, I called up Allie, and I'm like, let's go right now. You have a half-day. I got a half-day. We zipped out. We stayed at the Conan Hotel. We woke up before the sun sunrise and we drove out into the prairie and we watched the sunrise 360 degrees every five minutes it was just the most epic thing ever uh on the on the way back we saw an apple tree on the side of the road in the desert we picked a bunch of apples made some apple butter later that afternoon and we, we got home by 2 p.m it was the best no 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 we got how, home how long no, a drive was i'm that? sorry we got home by 9 a.m um, 9 a.m. Yeah. Uh, it was like a three and a half, four hour drive. Wow. Yeah. You got a lot in. You it, can get a lot in in a day. And I used to say a day or two, but in a half day, that's that's pretty good. It was really cool. I've never done anything like that. And it was, we that, that trip was more memorable than some week long vacations that I've had. So, and how long have you been in Portland now? Uh, well, originally 02, stayed for two years, back at the end of 08. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, Portland and Florida, or Oregon and Florida. Could not be to, more different. Yeah, you couldn't be more different. No. So how do you, how would you tell someone in Florida, how would you describe Portland? People care about things here. Um, it's not just parking lot, parking lot, parking lot, Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, I used to say Blockbuster Video, but that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, what, what's that? It's, what is a video? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not about status, although that's changing a little bit. But, you know, Florida's I all BMWs. I noticed in the last year or two it's a little different. It's, yeah. I think the TV thing has I something think, to do with it. I think so, too. And just all the articles about tourism and everything have mm-hmm. changed things. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more wealthy people moving here. And, you know, that definitely affects stuff. Uh, it for one thing, it helps keep all the restaurants in business, which mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's a double-edged sword. We're losing places. Um, there's just a few left uh, that remind me of the weird Portland that I moved to and fell in love with, where you could be whoever you wanted to be, and nobody really cared. People just left you alone, or they embraced you. Um, now it, there's this kind of cool contest. Um, which I kind of get caught up with a little bit, but I also really appreciate the weirdos, you know, from days past, the Three Friends Cafe that used to be my next-door neighbor, um, um, uh, Rimsky-Korsakovsky House, which is the weirdest place in town, um, all that kind of stuff. I just found out that there's a spiritual, it's either a bookstore or a library that just has weird books on Kabbalah and sacred geometry and stuff like that. I'm and glad Portland, that that exists. See, see, that's still there. Yeah. Even with D Street now. Right, right, right D Street. D Street and, uh, you know, Alberta's not what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that it's still, it, it's still there. Right. And it's not, such, as you referenced, it's not such a bad thing that it's gentrifying a little bit because at least it's bringing some money so that those natural, genuine businesses that have been around for a while can still sustain. Totally true. Um, yeah, we're losing a little bit of the bands and the art scene that we used to have, which made no money and everybody was broke. But mm-hmm. I really love being a part of that in my early uh, in my early time here. Um 
maybe I'm just getting old and I have run a business, so I'm just not deep in that like I used to. Well, be, you're not but. getting old. No, you're still young. Oh, thanks. You got a lot of youth, <laughs> youth in you. Uh, I don't know if we finished talking about the places that you you like to hang, and I guess the question is, and I uh, and I just recently was accused of asking the same question all the time. That's a good one. I like this question. Yeah. Where would you? Uh, you have friends coming in from Florida. Yeah. Where do you tell them to go eat? If they got money, I say we go to Ava Jean's. Um, uh, oh, so if they got money, we go to Ava Jean's. <laughs> uh, well, the once every two years. The life of an years. ice cream guy coming in from Florida so I can go to Ava Jean's. <laughs> once every two years. Uh, you know, I always tell people to go to Tasty and Alder. That place blows me away. Mm-hmm. And it's food that everybody can wrap their heads around, but it's just, there's nothing I just Well, any of there. John Gorham's restaurants, totally. right? So do you, why do you single out Tasty and Alder? Because I, I like all of them and Alder's great. It's a location thing generally. I, I just like it better. Um, the the uh, what's that stuff? The cottage cheese with the pineapple jam. It, something so simple. He's taking it to 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 be just so. Amazing. I haven't had that. You got to try that. The, the baked apple with the bacon and the maple syrup and the and the cheddar cheese over the top is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and then I've just had regular entrees there that have really really impressed me. Um, I've only been to uh, sad to say, but I've only been to his Spanish restaurant one time. Tor Bravo. Tor Bravo. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else I really just on a on a general basis we go to Grain and Gristle a lot because mm-hmm. the menu is always changing and it's really comforting and heartwarming. So do you live in that area? You up in that area? No, we're on uh, we're on uh, 39th and Belmont now. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a cool area. Yeah, it's a great area. The food cart pods there are great. Yeah, you know. Uh, go to Broder for breakfast a lot. It's um, one of my favorite spots. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that what one else. to me is a, and I've said this before, um, is a cool place to tell people to go because I don't think they're ever going to have anything like that elsewhere. No. Not that you won't have it. Not that you'll find a Tasty and Sons elsewhere, but then go to Tasty and Alder for dinner. Yeah, and that Broder experience is just is very different. Yeah, Peter Bro is a good friend, and he's really helped me a lot in my career. And uh, it's, it's he just runs that place just perfectly. Uh, oh, another place n- never gets any mention. Cricket Cafe has the best fruit salad I've ever had. The food over there, it's not fancy or fussy, but it's delicious. It's got that Portland old vibe that I miss. The wait staff is awesome and kind of weird. Where uh, is it? That's on Belmont and 29th, maybe? Oh, okay. Something oh, like that. I just drove by it yesterday. Yeah, great. And no line. It's great. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I guess in the neighborhood, before someone comes over for ice cream, let's do the reverse. Yeah. Usually it's where are you going to go after you eat? Totally. Where are you going to go before you eat? Oh, the nightlight is the best. You can't beat the nightlight. Everything costs two, three bucks less than you think it will be. The menu changes every couple week, and there's a brand new special every day, and everything is delicious. Right across the street. Right, right. right diagonal from us. Right. Socks up by around the corner is great. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I've never spicy. had spicy. Kind of so go there. Uh, to me, it's it's on the spicy side. It is. I'm not very strong when it comes to spice. Right. So, whip. but then you can cool it off. Come over for ice cream mm-hmm. at fifty licks. Perfect. Get the little spice and then chill it out. You got to do that. Yeah. Good. So, what new flavors do you have coming up that? Uh, well, we just brought excited on, about. We just brought on blackstrap molasses, the the crisp, um, the the baked apple crisp. I have perfected a burnt toast flavor, and as soon as we have some time in the kitchen, I'm going to bring that on. Uh, that's one of those ones. Seriously, seriously, I I think it's burnt toast. <laughs> you can't make it black enough because the cream. You and can't sugar, make it Portland enough. And that's... and then I'm going to blend in. I think I have. We, we're not, I'm not sure yet, but I think I'm going to blend in a ribbon of butter and jam, kind of like a compound butter with jam. Mm-hmm. So you get the burnt toast and the jam and the butter. 
Um, it works so well. So when you're saying burnt toast, you're talking about just before it turns black. No, black. I take cheap white bread. Sorry, gluten-free people. That's okay. our one, or one of our two gluten-y flavors. Um, uh, burn the hell out of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> whirl it up in the food processor or the blender. Um, steep the uh, our cream in it overnight and make the ice cream with that. Strain it out because I don't want the gritty toast in there. Mm-hmm. But it takes on this... It's like a coffee where you've got an acrid coffee and you put a lot of milk in it. It really opens up. Our, our Stumptown coffee flavor, we take their darkest roast because nothing else cuts through the cream and sugar. You need that intensity of... of what is their darkest roast? What's it's their called? house blend. Their house blend Yeah, is it sounds darkest. boring. We tried single origin stuff and they all tasted like violets or cherries or caramelized onions or whatever. And they didn't really taste like coffee. Uh, we found that blends work the best. I would have loved to do a single origin and change it up whenever it was available, you know. But but the blends tasted the best. No disrespect to Stumptown, because I'll never do that. Yeah. But um, there's a coffee I discovered out on the coast uh-huh. in Newport. Yeah. And I actually went to a restaurant back and had their coffee and said, where is this from? Uh-huh. Deadliest dark blend from Surftown Coffees. I will experiment. Newtown. I'm not married to Stumptown. And not Newtown, New Bur- uh, Newport. What oh, that place it? is great. Oh, um, Canyon Way Restaurant. Uh, uh, their, uh, uh, what's that, uh, Chiopino and their French onion soup are like amazing. Where's that? It's, I don't know. My girlfriend used to live out there. Oh, it's on the coast. It's on the coast. Yeah, Canyon oh yeah, it's in, it's in Newport. In Newport, I've yeah. never heard of it's it. It's amazing. It's, okay. It's smelly and it's run by these adorable old ladies and it's attached to a bookstore and the, 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 the soups are amazing. I haven't had anything else, but it blew me away. I have to try that. Have you been to uh, South Beach Fish Market? I have not. Best fish and chips anywhere. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. There's a lot of good places down there. Um, really fun talking to you. I knew it would be. It's been a pleasure. I've been really uh, chomping at the bit, no pun intended, to uh, have you come in and talk to us. Well, I'm so glad you invited me. Oh, thanks. Do it again. Thanks. At, and and uh, as I said, mm-hmm. at Food Co- Podcast, why can't I ever say it? At Food Podcast PDX, at 50 Licks, and uh, go, after you've tried... Uh, Chad's ice cream and you don't have to make suggestions you can just go out there and talk about it and uh, say thanks to Chad for for getting you in there thank you Right at the Fork is supported by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. The legendary food dude dishes up Portland food news and comprehensive guides to just about everything that has to do with food in Portland. From coffee and wine shops to bakeries and more. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at FoodPodcastPDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Yeah,